With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 43 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. I'm excited about the show we have for you all today. We've got a couple of recurring guests on. First, we got Nick Boyer, former Raptor, played here in 2020. Talks a little bit about where he's going to be playing his rugby in 2021, what he's kind of been up to during the quarantine. And then we're going to follow that interview up with uh, another recurring guest, like I mentioned, we'll have Dallin Stanford, world rugby commentator and the voice of Rugby Town USA back on. Talk a little bit about Rugby Town 7s. Uh, Dallin's got an awesome new podcast that he's been working on these last few months, and so he talks a little bit about that. He, we really dive into what Rugby Town 7s is, um, how it kind of came to be, and why he thinks it's one of the better Rugby Town or the Rugby 7s tournaments in the country. So that's what's kind of on deck. But before we jump into that, we'll start how we always start the show with the breakdown, which is kind of the weekly roundup of news that's been going on in, in American rugby, North American rugby, and MLR. So, you know, a lot of teams are announcing signings this week. I saw the Toronto Arrows announce five new uh, signings. Well, Old Glory DC is announcing some signings. Rugby United New York's been announcing a lot of their signings. Um, but kind of the biggest piece of news that I, I thought came out this week was something that came out on Tuesday morning. And Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, he's at Ray's Rugby on Twitter. He was the first person that sh- kind of shined the light on this for me that I saw. It was Tuesday morning right when I woke up. And it's an article from Hawaii News Now about Kanaloa, Hawaii's, you know, decision and, and efforts to join Major League Rugby. And it's it's kind of like what we've been talking about, something that I've said is just, you know, I need to, I, I want to see it ha- all happen first before I get too excited about it and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they announced that they were in expansion talks. Major League Rugby said they accepted the bid. Now they're in this 90-day window to where they can check all those boxes that you know to ensure they have the stuff they need to play a rugby season. Um, and it didn't take too long for for some, I mean, the cracks to kind of show, and and it showed in this article. Like I said, Hawaii News Now, and there's some very interesting quotes in there. So I'll go ahead and read you guys this little passage, um, and it goes like this. But there's some skepticism surrounding the news. State Senator Glenn Wakai said Kanaloa, Hawaii's announcement that it plans to start play in 2021 is premature. He refutes several claims the club has made in media interviews on the forming of its franchise. Quote, they had mentioned in their announcement four relationships, one with the Hawaii Tourism Authority, who's never heard of them, the Stadium Authority, never talked to them, the University of Hawaii, which denied them their practice facilities. And for Hawaiian Airlines, they said they had a sponsorship agreement. Hawaiian Airlines has no sponsorship agreement with these folks, Wakai said. Atiga, that's their CEO, insists the team is a go 
and it would like to eventually build its own stadium for home matches. Former USA and international rugby player Joshua Rice believes that there is a fan base in Hawaii for a pro team. There's definitely people who like rugby and are aware of rugby and watch rugby. They just have to see if they can make all the numbers work, he said. So that's obviously what's going to happen in this in this 90-day span or however long it is that MLR has to – that's, like, granted Kanaloa, Hawaii, you know, so they can check all these boxes. It's very interesting that, you know, this is already, like, starting to show. Um, Kanaloa, Hawaii, to their credit, did not let it sit too long before they issued a, a statement. And so their statement came out on Tuesday night, and it read like this. Statement from Kanaloa, Hawaii Rugby CEO Tracy Atiga. Kanaloa Rugby is grateful for the opportunity to promote not only rugby and sportsmanship, but also partnership opportunities in the Uhane or Wairua of our Pacific people and Hawaii. We have shared some exciting insights and opportunities in progress regarding local and global support. These discussions are ongoing. As with all commercial and non-commercial partnership, sponsorship and supplier discussions, there are many people involved on different levels. These talking points can involve commercially sensitive areas for all parties concerned. We have reached out to Senator Wakai and thanked him for his interest in seeing Canaloa succeed. We are grateful for, this, for his email and response and acknowledge that he has been working for years on growing rugby's impact in Hawaii. We agree with the senator. We may only get to launch something like this once, and it's important not only for us as a business entity, but more importantly for Hawaii that this succeeds. And embrace Senator Wakai's request to join our scrum and look forward to working together. We back our statements we have shared publicly. To avoid any misconceptions from outside parties moving forward, we encourage any individual or organization that would like to know more about our plans or our club to reach out to us. Mahalo Nui. So that's kind of their their response to that. Um, you know, it's just something, you know, it's something to think about. It's kind of weird that they would go out and say all this stuff and then have the senator publicly refute it. Um, I mean, it's just like a, it's just kind of like a weird situation. Some for sure, something to keep an eye on. That's something that I'll do. Just wanted to kind of put that out there for you guys. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what, if anything comes of it. There was a, another in relation to this. It's another uh, Twitter that I saw by Pete Steinberg. He's a commentator. Comments on commentates a lot of the MLR matches and it's former head coach of USA Women's Eagles, Pete Steinberg, and it reads. He starts up by saying, interesting comments from Kanaloa Rugby. Doesn't refute any claims in Hawaii News Now. Suggests that the senator didn't know of some communications. Still a concern that stated agreements are not in a place and the clock is ticking. MLR could extend the 90 days if it was close. For me, it is still not clear how real the bid is. Certainly some serious people involved, but have not yet seen anyone with deep enough pockets. Some rumor that this was putting pressure on at All Blacks for a Pacifica team in Auckland. Hawaii could be a great place for a pro team, but all the logistical and financial barriers to any pro team exist in Kanaloa Rugby have yet to provide any solutions either in owners with money, with enough money or agreements. U.S. immigration laws are not being considered when they state that this is a pathway for players who get lost in academies in New Zealand or untapped talent from across the Pacific Islands. MLR teams have had visa, visa issues for anyone who has not played Super Rugby. I'm excited about Kanaloa Rugby and the potential for a team in Hawaii. It'd be great for the league, U.S. Rugby, and there's definitely enough 
Pacific Island talent in the U.S., American Samoa, Hawaii, for this to be a powerhouse, just still waiting for something concrete to know they can pull it off. And, I mean, simply put, I, I kind of agree with everything Pete says in that thread. It just seems like, like it has this whole time. It seems like it's a little bit premature. Like, they're really trying to get this off the ground too fast, and I think that's going to that's ultimately just dangerous. It's how things fail is they don't take they don't take the necessary time to make things work. And um, I mean, just like based off this information and based off what we've seen so far, that's just kind of how it feels. I'm not rooting for anyone to fail. I hope it succeeds. And like Pete said, I think it would be really good for everything. But I do think that there's a lot of questions that are unanswered and will you know just take time to to take place. And so I know I mentioned starting a league or starting a, a team to compete in a league that's been established now for a few seasons, it, starting it in July would be hard enough, but when you mix in the global pandemic, it makes everything that much harder. So it'll be interesting. Um, and you mean to touch on Pete's point about guys, you know, not being able to get over here based on visa issues, like Mark Bullock came in and talked about it himself, why the Raptors could never get Digby Ione over here it was because of visa issues. And um, just because they're, an island isn't, you know, it's going to be just as hard if it's, it's still all the rules apply. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, and we'll just see what happens with all that. So um, that kind of wraps up our uh, the first little bit of the breakdown. That's the Kanaloa Hawaii, the weekly Kanaloa Hawaii update. Another interesting thing I noticed um, that uh, my friend P Wagon on Twitter, it's a big rugby guy on Twitter, he pointed out the other day, uh, the LA Gert Guiltinis are not listed on MLR's website right now. Uh, looks like there could be a possible name change, could just be nothing. But that is something that is true at the moment. They are not on the MLR website, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that too. And then the last but not least, we'll round out the breakdown. with your Super Rugby update, your weekly Super Rugby update. So Super Rugby Aotearoa, round seven is this weekend. We've got the Crusaders versus the Hurricanes. Uh, it's Saturday at 1.05 a.m., and we have the Blues versus the Chiefs on Sunday at 9.35 p.m. And then Super Rugby Australia is in round four, so we're slowly creeping up on the midway point of that season. We've got Western Force versus Brumbies at 3.15 a.m. on Saturday, and then the Waratahs versus the Rebels at 3.05 a.m. on Friday, so you will already know the results to that match by the time you're listening to this, unless you're listening to this show super early. So with that, that closes out the breakdown. And we'll jump into the interview portion of the show. So like I said, first off, we'll start with Nick Boyer, former Raptor, played here in 2020. He joins the show to talk about where he's going to play his rugby next season. He says he hasn't told anybody, so we'll break a little bit of news there. Uh, just kind of talks about what he's been doing during quarantine. Sounds like he's been surfing a lot. We get into some surf talk. And just kind of what the rest of the year looks like for him and what he'll get rolling with his new team. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump into my conversation with recurring guest, former Raptor, Nick Boyer. All right, Noah, welcome back onto the show, former Raptor, Nick Boyer. Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Colton. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, thanks for taking the time out, coming to talk to me. Uh, I think now you're actually our third recurring guest because I've got Dallin on the show, and he was on once before, too, and, and just behind Pete. So uh, happy happy to bestow that honor upon you. Um, and so with that, Big I guess <laughs> we'll jump right into it. So what, just what have you been up to these last few months? Where are you at now? Um, how have you been passing the time during this uh, this crazy time in the world? 
So I am back in California. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, a couple friends so I can go visit around here. Um, been going to like Lake Tahoe, which is a beautiful, beautiful lake in the mountains mm-hmm. uh, up by Sacramento, where I'm from. I stopped in Sacramento for a bit uh, to see family, and then I drove down to San Diego. And I've more or less been here the past month and a half, uh, catching up with old friends. Um, got a place now for the next few months, um, and been taking some classes online and working in a lab. Uh, language and speech recognition labs so that's good for me on the professional front um and then in terms of training there's a really good like a really really world-class speed guy here named les spellman mm-hmm. and he works with a bunch of my, my my former teammates from the sevens team and so he's been he's been working me out i've been going to his sessions so i've been getting faster there um and then we actually have some touch games going on around san diego and a lot of them are, are populated with you know national team talent so it's pretty competitive and it's a good way for me to get back involved in, you know, touching the rugby ball and making decisions and just, uh, just getting some fitness in. So it's been a pretty laid back lifestyle, to be honest, COVID slowed everything down, but mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying it, having a great time down South. And, um, yeah, just kind of waiting to see where things go with, with the whole world, I guess. Yeah. I, you and everybody else. Yeah. But I've been creeping on yeah. your Instagram. It looks like you've been training with some, some really high class guys. It looks like you were surfing a little bit with, with Saul Mooching. Yeah, it looks like you're having a good time. <laughs> Are you a good surfer, Nick? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not a good surfer, but I'm I'm keen, so I'm in the water. I'm I'm getting better. I uh, just got my own board now, and I went out with another, uh, another buddy of ours who's actually really good at surfing for 20 years, and he gave me some tips and uh, caught a few nice ones today. So nice, man. I'm, I'm making making progress, and honestly, it's a good little good little cross training, you know, good recovery, getting the water paddle about so yeah i've only surfed fun. once and it, it killed me it was i was so tired after <laughs> <laughs> it's tough man people think you're gonna like get in there and just, just you know catch a wave your first time and it'll be easy right everyone sees yeah. the fun part of it where you, you can stand up and you look really cool but they missed the part like first off getting out past the break is very humbling uh-huh. uh especially if you, especially if you don't know what you're doing and then also like just not having any paddle strength trying to you know find your positioning on the board all these small things that that aren't glamorous um but are really necessary it, it takes probably five or six times out in the water to get those down before you can actually catch a wave and, and ride it pretty well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a, that does sound a like a nice talk. Well, I get some, some good surf talk on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Covering all topics. Yes, I love it. We're Yes, well-rounded, well-rounded fellas. So big question I want to ask you, Nick, is where you will be playing your rugby next season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I've told anyone this, but I don't see why it would be um, – Taboo. I'm going to be playing in LA next year. Nice. So um, that's the plan. I'm looking forward to that. That's also why I'm down in San Diego too, is because it's an easy move for me um, when the time comes. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to you know playing rugby in California again. Should be a really good crew, and uh, yeah, just, just excited for it. Yeah, man. Congrats. That's awesome stuff to hear. I bet you are happy to be back playing in in your home state. Um, just a little short jaunt up the up the highway there. Um, so I guess just like I, now that I have you on the phone, I guess I just kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about this past season. Um, really looked like you guys were, were headed upwards and um, this unfortunately season ended early and on that uh, on that big win against Toronto. So just kind of wanted to get some of your takeaways on the year. What uh, you know, are there any moments that stick out to you? What was it like training with um, some of these some of these guys that, the, that were playing on the Raptors this year? If you could just kind of tell us what you thought about this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess where to start will be uh, where we where we finished off. 
I think you're right. We were on the up and up. Um, a lot of people saw our first few games, and you know, it was a bit of a, a rough streak. And we we dropped one against Houston that I think we should have had. I mean, credit to Houston, they, they played there, they played very well. But I think we'd be kicking ourselves for that. Um, obviously, San Diego, our set piece did not hold up, and, and we, we paid the price for that. But we were still competitive. Um, and then you know, we bounced back against against Utah, which is great. And then the, the Toronto game, I think, showed some of the class we have. Um, Sam Slade was coming on for us. Mm-hmm. And the, the Kiwi number eight. Um, and then obviously Renner Ranger were starting to really, really bring that midfield together and, and link with our outside backs who were dangerous. So I think our game plan was going to be really, really exciting to watch and very dangerous moving forward. I think we had some, some front row guys coming into to, to shore up our pack. Mm-hmm. And I think we we're going to be a, a strong, strong team. So it's, it's too bad COVID hit, but you know, that's the way of the world. So I guess that'll be an asterisk, you know, who knows what could right. happen. Yeah, it'll be fun to. Of, it's fun to. I mean, in a few, few, a little bit longer, I guess, will be fun to kind of look back on and think, what if it's been? I don't know about you, but it's just been so crazy. And I was talking to some people a couple of weeks ago, and like, thinking back to that Toronto, the match against Toronto on Friday, and then just kind of go and watch the Merlins on Saturday. That that was like the last normal weekend of everything, and then it just kind of, the world stopped uh, spinning. <laughs> yep, doomsday hit. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a, it's a pretty surreal, surreal event for sure. Mm-hmm. But I guess back to, I guess back to how it was playing with the Raptors. Yeah. Um, you know, I came from, from Legion, which, which had a very, very, um, very good culture, very professional, awesome setup, uh, a little bit spread out in terms of facilities. So that was tough on the guys mm-hmm. driving from gym, to field, the office and all that. Um, but then coming into, into the Raptors, you know, I've been there before, but it obviously changing coaching staff some new players in there and i loved how everything was you know just built around the city built around the stadium and the facilities we had there so you know you, you clocked in to work at 7 30 and you left at 3 30 or whatever it was and it was all in one place so that was mm-hmm. pretty cool um yeah. and one more thing too i noticed was that uh there was no like there was no main guy if that makes sense you know obviously Rene ranger was was you know very accomplished but and uh zach talafo our prop as well but like they were very much there to like help support the other guys around them it wasn't their show um so i really enjoyed that aspect of it uh guys like luke white our captain he, he really helped me kind of relax and enjoy my rugby again because i've been stressing out about xyz and that makes the game not so fun when you're worried about performance so mm-hmm. luke with a very laid-back mindset kind of brought me brought me back into having fun and um yeah it was a really good time playing with some of those guys i mean great culture uh, coaching staff was phenomenal um, obviously, Pete Boylace and Steve Bretz, both from New Zealand. Um, and I think the brand of rugby they brought with him was the kind I like to play. Very fun, very exciting, very player-driven. So for me, it was a great experience, minus training in, you know, 20-degree weather yeah, <laughs> on a turf field. Part. We didn't even get to the nice part of the year, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we missed out on that. It got really nice after right after COVID hit. Yeah, unfor- yeah that's, I mean, that's just how 2020 is going, unfortunately. But no, thank you for sharing all that stuff, man. That's that's awesome stuff to hear. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I kind of want to jump back to um, the dispersal draft. That's something that we've got quite a f- few questions about, honestly, is just kind of like how it kind of worked. And so I was just wondering if you could tell us how, um, you know, playing for L.A. kind of came up, like what, what was the process and um, how it related to you. Yeah, so my uh, my process was pretty straightforward. I didn't. I didn't see the inner working, so I don't know exactly how it was structured. But from, from what I heard, each team 
Dallas, each, each expansion team, Dallas and LA got, got, um, you know, draft picks essentially, you know, kind of like you line up kids for, for a game of dodgeball on an elementary school and you say, I picked that person, I picked that person, but you're not picking the actual person. You're picking the rights to talk to them for the first week mm-hmm. of, uh, of negotiations. And if they don't want them to sign with you, they, they move on to the next team. And then after that, they go through the process of being a free agent, which is a separate issue, uh, and MLR. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I got picked up by LA. So they had first rights to talk to me and, during that first week, we came to an agreement, and I signed off, and that was it. So I don't know how it would have worked outside of that, but that's my my basic rundown. That sounds pretty painless, then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't yeah. too bad as far as contracts go. Right, that could have been a lot worse for sure. Um, yeah, cool, man. So I know, looks like I know for a fact there's a couple more guys headed to LA, but that's obviously not our news to share. That's that's their news to share, so we won't get into any of that, but. It uh, looks like you got yeah. quite a few of your old teammates headed down to Dallas. What's it going to be like to play against them? <laughs> uh, I just don't want Chad London to run me over. That's all I don't want. Uh, <laughs> the rhinoceros, I, that, I think they call him. I told him that before we left, yeah. We <laughs> we, uh, we worked together a bit during COVID. We did some, some physical labor for the city, and geez, the guy's strong. So I was like, you know what? You take those pythons, those, those biceps away from me when you're running the ball. Yeah. You run the other way. <laughs> so, uh, no, nah, it's, it's going to be good. I think, you know, obviously the more, you know, the opposition, the more fun it makes it. Cause you know, you, you kind of have some familiarity with how they play and with who they are as a person. So you can kind of be cheeky, you know, try and get under their skin, uh, in between plays. And then once the action hits, you can kind of, it's, it's a more, it's more of a game of cat and mouse because you know what they're going to do. And so you're trying to tease out their tendencies and they're trying to, to test you out as well. So I think it'll be fun. Um, a, a bit of passion, a bit of emotion involved in it, but I'm looking forward to meeting them on the field again and having a beer afterwards. Yeah, for sure. That'll be fun stuff to watch. I know I'm looking forward to it. So Nick, can you, uh, can you kind of give us a rundown of what these next few months look for you or look like for you? Are you, you know, I know it's all fluid given the, uh, coronavirus situations, but do you have like a rough idea, a framework for the season thus far? Oh yeah, these next, like all from now until preseason. Yeah, yeah. I guess for me, I'm just I'm planning on being here in San Diego, enjoying life, uh, de-stressing a bit, but also starting to you know hit the gym if I can and, and start getting back in rugby shape. So uh, that'll be a big part of it. And you know, outside of that, taking my classes and working in my lab. Um, and then obviously loads of surfing. So just yeah. kind of more of the same. Yeah, that's awesome. When, when do you report? Is it right around Thanksgiving again, early December or? Early December is what we're talking. So it should be November 1 probably. Because I think as a new team, they want to get us together a bit early and get some, some groundwork built. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. And, and fortunately for you, it won't be uh, 20 degrees and snowing. So you get a nice warmer <laughs> yeah. uh, train environment for the early season. Yeah. It better not be, man. I wouldn't be surprised in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't rule anything out. That is a good point. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, Nick. Thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Congrats on uh, on signing with L.A., and it was good talking to you. Of course, Colton. Good talking to you. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with former Raptor Nick Boyer, the newest member of the L.A. Guiltinis, if that is their real name. Um, thanks you again to Nick for the conversation. hope you guys enjoyed that. And now we'll jump into my second interview of the show. We've got the second two-part interview show in the last two weeks. That was confusing to say. But welcome on again, Dallin Stanford, who's a world rugby commentator and the voice of Rugby Town USA. 
Dallin joins me to talk a little bit about the what 2020 version of the Rugby Town Sevens is going to look like. Since there is no real life in person one, they're doing a rebroadcast, and Dallin's been working hard to put out a bunch of new content for that. So he kind of gives us really everything we need to know about Rugby Town Sevens as a whole, what he likes about it, some you know key players to watch from last year's tournament, some of his favorite matches, some of his favorite moments. So it's really the perfect Rugby Town Sevens blueprint if you're going to participate in this Rugby Town rewatch, which I highly recommend. Um, so you might want to take some notes, write down what he says, because it'll come in handy here in a few weeks. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump into my conversation with World Rugby Commentator and Voice of Rugby Town USA, Dallin Stanford. All right, now welcome back onto the show, uh, World Rugby Commentator and Voice of Rugby Town USA, Dallin Stanford. Dallin, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks to yourself, my friend. Thanks so much for having me on again. Yeah, so I'm happy to have you back on, talk a little sevens this time. Um, but, but before we talk a little bit about Sevens, I know you've launched a new podcast at Rugby Hive. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and just kind of how the idea to do the show came about and how long this has been a project that's been in the works for you? Yeah, it's been a few years, I'll say that. I've got a lot of people that have messaged me over the time asking me to do a podcast or suggesting. And uh, it was you know a busy time period um, before the world closed down. I was traveling a lot for comment- commentating and broadcasting, so I didn't really have the time and energy for it. Um, but I suppose you know one of the positives to come out for me personally has been um, you know the founding of the Rugby Hive podcast. I basically got a call in about March, early March, from a guy called Robin McDool, mm-hmm. a friend of mine from Canada, and uh, he wanted to team up on a podcast. And I was like, well, that's actually good timing. I've been thinking about it for a while, and we actually played rugby against each other on the HSBC. World Rugby 7 Series must be about a decade ago Uh and um, yeah and I've kept in touch with Robin he's highly driven he coaches international sevens Um, he's a real go-getter he he funnels about 35 cups of coffee a day so (laughs) I knew he I knew he'd have the energy right for something something like this so it kind of was just fell into place and then um, you know the idea was to use our connections in the rugby world um, and to talk about uh, with international players and coaches uh, current and former as well about their memories uh, their backgrounds and kind of highlight them you know and so kind of that's where it came about and our little tagline is um, every legend has a story and we're here to share it yeah oh, that's awesome i know i've had a chance to check out the first few um and you've had some monster guests on so far can you tell us a little bit about some of the guests that you've interviewed for for the rugby hive thus far yeah absolutely it was a busy uh, part of the year i'll say in april may we recorded about 30 episodes wow. um and for and for anybody that 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 just listens to podcasts you know it you know, it's about an hour long podcast generally, but then you start to prep for it. You've got to research, you've got to organize with your guests. Um, and then there's a bit of editing as well that goes in that. So um, it's been pretty busy, I'll say. We've got enough guests and uh, to go weekly all the way to the end of January right now. And we've launched uh, Brianna Banner and Nolly Waterman. Frank Bunce is up. Um, we've got some 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 big ones coming as well. Joel Stransky, uh, Chris Wiles, Alev Kelter, Kayla Maleski, um, Asir Kalanasau, and then a bunch of folks I've commentated with and worked on the Sevens World Series um guys like Carlton Anna and Ben Gollings and you know the local heroes like Todd Clever and Nate Hiriyama yeah. um, but then you know uh, US coaches and, and other coaches from abroad as well so it's a it's a good mix we feel from all over the world and not just even though um you know uh, um what's his name uh, Robin and myself are both from North America now um it's it's about you know the rugby community and kind of spreading that love around yeah Oh, that's awesome, Dell. And I know, yeah. So I'll encourage everybody to go check it out if they if they haven't yet. I know I've enjoyed the first few. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's one thing I've learned since I've been doing this. Um, I think this will be the 43rd episode. It's been 
you you think you're out of the woods early on when you get done recording the show, and then I found it takes, you know, I'm sitting at my computer, and it's three, four hours later when I'm editing it all together, and I'm writing up the description for iTunes and all that, and it's like, man, there's so much more to it than than meets the eye. <laughs> Colton, you, you, you're so right. That's the thing. I was kind of like, uh, you know, impressed that we recorded all these episodes. And then I, and then Rob and I were catching up and we're like, okay, well, now we have to plan the next step, which is the marketing thereof. And each day you got to put something up at least. Right. And you know, it is managing your an extra social media account is time consuming. And then you got to create little things here and there. Yeah, it's been it's it's been cool because it's a new skill and something I wouldn't necessarily have done. Um, but you're right, it is a, a daily activity you work towards. So hopefully people like it out there and uh, and and they enjoy a couple of little stories. You know, I know we certainly did enjoy, enjoy recording them. Yeah. That, and that's what matters, right? You got to make stuff that makes you happy and then hopefully makes everybody else happy. I know that's kind of how I've been feeling for sure. Well, awesome stuff down. So let's jump into some uh, rugby town seven stuff. So by now everybody knows that at, unfortunately the 2020 version of rugby town sevens won't be able to happen. Um, kind of like everything else in the world, just put on hold till next year. Um, but, but instead they're going to do, we're going to do a, a rebroadcast of last year's tournament. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about the concept and airing last year's tournament again this year? Yeah, Colton, I think we all we all miss rugby, right? And yeah. it's been a, a difficult few months uh, off the field as well, obviously for everybody. And so, you know, to to I suppose sport in a way gives us something to enjoy and something to look forward to, and for a moment forget about our daily lives, right? And so for I know sure. New Zealand obviously have had you know Super Rugby Aotearoa, which has been fantastic, but you know no one else. And here in the US, we've certainly it'll be a while I think until we get stuff on the field. So I think the the real concept was you know we've got all this content, and and last year's tournament honestly was the best, the most competitive tournament we've seen mm -hmm. and so why not you know why not reshow that but then also in between interview a few of the players and coaches um and uh and and have some content you know it's three three full glorious days and so basically we'll be showing them august 21 22 and 23 um and then we'll be you know having a few extra slots here and there um obviously knowing the result that's fine they're still the games are excellent i mean i'm going back right. and watching them um it, it's really really cool to see um how, how so many teams and so many countries and so many sides have really lifted the quality of play Right, for sure. And I know, like you just mentioned, there'll be some extra stuff. Can you kind of touch on, I don't know, is it, so, is it going to be some extra interviews? Is it going to be, you know, just some extra like explainer stuff? Is it going to be a mixture of kind of all of that? Yes. Yeah. Good point. It will be a mixture of all of that. We've got um, some player interviews. Um, so uh, we've arranged with, uh, we've got Holly Wheeler and DeMonte Noble from the All-Americans. We've got Kalena Sao to just to lend some comments about what was it like outside of this tournament to to win the first gold medal in sevens, right, for, right. for Fiji. Um, and then and then stories like from the, the Jesters. How did the Ramling Jesters get about? They won, they won the tournament. Um, they've got so many quality players. Uh, we'll speak to Harry McNulty, who's a player that featured on the Sevens World Series for island um and then um we even had a marriage proposal during the tournament so maybe <laughs> yes. we'll have them on uh, yeah. and then uh you know and then the armed forces championship i think that's a real highlight you know so we'll have uh come gandhi fishbine on we'll have uh, nate conkey on and will holder um talk about you know what it means to them to play in this tournament and then also the, the emotional fallen rugger uh, remembrance ceremony mm -hmm. you know to, to 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 witness that is really something special it brings a, a tear to everybody who's there in attendance and i think it's important for for everybody that doesn't 
doesn't even know about that to to realize that you know the rugby town sevens is the only place they get to compete against the other armed forces so it really is um, a magical tournament so hopefully those little extra pieces will add 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 to the event itself but but even without that the action as i said for it's, it speaks for itself yeah i know it sounds like it's just going to be almost like a completely new broadcast i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that because i know even just i've been at the last few ones live so I, i'm not it's going to be all new stuff to me too and i've even like you said i've seen this stuff happen before so that'll be awesome to check out too um how long have you been involved in in rugby town sevens down so i was looking back at the years just to double check again and 2012 is the inaugural year it started. I actually played with Tiger Rugby during that tournament. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was great fun to so right, experience it as a player. And then um, I've commentated six of the seven events since then. There was one year I missed. My wife and I were traveling uh, away for a friend's wedding in Greece, I'll add. So it was it was worth it was, <laughs> yeah. it was worth being away yeah, for that, it. But that's out, understandable. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but outside of that, I've been at every single one. It is my favorite week of the of the year because I get to go in a few days early, um, do some, some media with the teams and the players um and then the three-day event is just absolutely epic you know so like let's be fair you know to be able to work in broadcasting is 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 a thrill and so much fun but to be able to do it in your home turf with all these players from you know overseas and local stars um it really doesn't get better than that you know right i hear you and i think greece is probably the only acceptable place to be during the tournament <laughs> if you're not gonna be at the tournament i guess we'll yes correct correct <laughs> exactly what what is it that you like about the rugby town sevens tournament down and i know you're a guy is very familiar with with sevens as a whole and and the various tournaments that happen around the country but what do you like about the rugby town sevens tournament and what kind of separates it from other sevens tournaments around the country you know what it it it's the best competition um, around and outside of the sevens world series and that's a big bold statement because there's a lot of tournaments and events that happen around the world mm-hmm. so you take away the sevens world series and there are thousands of tournaments that happen everywhere but this one has the highest caliber of players playing from in all the different teams um, and so i think that's what the one thing i really love about it um, yes there will be results where teams get blown up by 50 points but if you actually look at who's playing on those sides right. you know it, it's pretty remarkable to see you know and so when you get to the top six or eight teams the contests are epic and what i love i love two things about it is that you have these international stars from all of the world coming to play many of them have featured on the sevens world series either in the current season or recently and then you've got the local stars coming through so the likes of like perry baker and madison hughes they played in those first few years of the tournament before they went on to become superstars on the right. world stage so you do get a preview of what's coming up especially in our local american uh, uh, players coming through and i think that's really cool mike friday he's a keen viewer of the tournament because he puts in a lot of his players that are bubbling over that need that experience um and so you get to see the likes of uh, you know marcus Tupalu this this year carve right. it up top try score and things like that so those things i love about it i mentioned the armed forces championship it, it's an honor it's an absolute honor uh, for me as a civilian to be involved in an event like this to to be on the broadcasting side because you know what these these players sacrifice you know off the field it's surreal right you're calling the action and you look down you're like well, the try scorer is so-and-so, the machine gunner or the platoon leader <laughs> yeah. or, or submarine officer. Right. I mean, like these things are, you know, out of out of a, a, a book, you know, and, and here they are playing rugby and playing at a brilliant level as well, you know. And so, yeah. um, so, so that is really special, I'll say. And then finally, 
the camaraderie of it all. Afterwards, there is a huge banquet hosted uh, at Rugby Town USA, um, and everybody comes there dressed in their formal attires, and they're there and they have a meal, and they're talking about the event, they're having a laugh, you know, and uh, and everybody's friends off the field. And I think that's that's what set it sets rugby aside from other sports is that you can catch up with somebody that you've just run over uh, or got smashed by, and you know, share a drink or a meal, and uh, you know, and 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 have those fun times afterwards as well. That that that's what I really enjoy about it. Right. I've never thought of it that way too because and and maybe it's because i do like i am there in person but yeah i've never thought about it. like oh yeah this guy like you said scores a try and then he he plays rugby for three days and then he goes back to his job as a machine gunner that is that's pretty crazy it, to think it, about <laughs> and, and think and also think about their preparation right, right. And so like you know we we talk about you know the the, the local sides that do they get together they train uh with if they're not in the same geographic area geographical area they can still play with their clubs and then they come together but the rest of the rest of the armed force teams are stationed around the world. So when you read about where they've come from, um, they've just they individually training by themselves, and but they're not really focused on the tournament. They're focused on you know right. making sure that you know they save lives and their own life as well, obviously. And then they they get there, and it's uh, it, it really is unbelievable to, to to see them. And as I said, that the level that they bring as well. I know the army has won it every single year, but they've been challenged in many games. Right. Um, and there are some there's some ferocious hits that that happen on those armed forces championship. Oh, yeah. It's really uh, it's something to be. Yeah, and they do. They do hang around with with everybody else in the tournament. And like you said, it's always a competitive stuff. Even these last few years, yeah, with Army um, in that military final. So, um, do you have a favorite Rugby Town Sevens memory down? I know there's one that comes to to my mind, but I'd like to hear your answer first. Well, you know what? There are so many years that this event has been going on for. Right? There are so many classics. Um, a lot of players have stood out. For me personally, I was it was really cool to see somebody like was Sally Sarevi, somebody that, you know, as a young player looking up, he was the most admired sevens player of all time and personally for me as well. So see him take the field at 48 years old, or whatever it was, and uh, still throw some epic dummies and a couple of skip passes. Uh, I think it was for the uh, Fiji side that won in 2017. That was that was fantastic. Um, I've loved seeing the All-Americans and Denver Sevens carve it up. Uh, and there, uh, there are obviously some brilliant memories last year, you know. So it's tough to pinpoint a favorite, favorite memory. But I'm curious to hear what yours is, my friend. Yes, yeah. The, that is what comes to mind as well. It was the year that, that Fiji Savu Water came through. And I just remember standing up on the coach's corner for that entire final Sunday and just watching them play every match that they played was like, it was beautiful, and then that's kind of like one of the the moments of rugby that sticks with me. Is it just felt like I was watching art, like in, throughout that whole Sunday afternoon, standing up in the shade. Um, that's that's one thing about rugby town sevens that sticks out to me too. And then I think it was might have been the year before that there was a finals game. I think between the Raptors and I think maybe Denver sevens. Yes. And I remember that game was was crazy. It was so back and forth and it went right down to the to the very end. And that was you're, just another one that I remember the whole crowd hanging on every pass and every you know every knock on would would generate a big big awe from the crowd and it was just fun cuz it was a packed house and everybody was into it. And that's the thing I love about it too is that like sevens is such an exciting game. When you get to those top six to eight sides, you know, that I was talking about earlier, those quarters, the semis yeah. and finals, I mean, they're they're absolutely ridiculous. And every game is like a final in a way, right? Yeah. And what, what what surprises me the most is that 
you know, the, the, the players obviously have advanced in skill and fitness, but then they come down to the final day and you, and this is the thing about sevens, your body is banged up. You're, yeah. you're, you're emotionally tired as well, you know? And so like on the third day, you got to get up again and go, well, now we got to play the biggest games of our lives against the best teams around. And so that's mm-hmm. the tricky part. It's like some teams look really good on day one and day two, but it, it's really about that full complete performance to go through all the way. And that's also why I respect the armed forces so much too, because they play extra games because they, right. yeah, they, they have, have to, you know, they play another their own special final so you know and, and those ones are 10 minutes a half it used to be so like they're playing 20 minutes extra of sevens at the highest level and then they go into the quarters semis and everything else and you're just like wow you know right. um obviously obviously these guys are, are professional you know uh at what they do but you know that that's the next level yeah for sure and so you, you just mentioned a little bit just kind of about um the re- the stamina you know the recovery that's involved with this but so could you kind of describe sevens rugby to somebody who's unfamiliar with the game because i know a lot of people that listen to the show are just kind of getting into rugby and and especially since the primary focus has been on 15s just wondering if you could help some of the people understand sevens rugby a little bit yeah that's that's a great point um, whenever I tell people about seven aside and I and I explain that it's it's on a, a field the size of a you know American football size field mm-hmm. and there are only seven people on each field they're like okay but when I say it's only 14 minutes long everybody's like initial initially say oh that sounds easy yeah and then I then I explain to them well there are seven people on the field and you 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 rarely go off the field so you're on that field for the you know generally the 14 minutes there are a few substitutes allowed five they come in and out sometimes but you're racing away 100 meters to score sometimes then you're going back to the halfway line and you're playing again mm-hmm. and so people are like well hold on there are no special teams you're like no you have to do everything you have to tackle <laughs> yes. you have to run and 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 the most exciting part which is the worst for the players probably is that the game doesn't stop after the 14 minutes mm-hmm. the, the, if you have possession you can keep it for as long as you want until the the, the play stops or goes dead or you score to win the game and so that i think is probably the most exciting thing but the back and forth nature of the game it's unlike any other sport in a while if you look at you know other professional sports like american football yes everybody is trained for their particular position like you would never believe you know it's Mm -hmm. such a great skill the rugby is an all-round all-round game and you you probably arguably is is the most dynamic sport around because of all the different things you have to do to be a complete player and i think there was a lot of things on social media recently people were asking about the skill set of you know if somebody is very good at tackling would they make a good rugby player well it, yes you probably can but <laughs> don't forget you may have to kick in the game of right. rugby you will def, you know you'll have to run you'll have to do all these intricate things as well all in one in one game and then you have to pick yourself up again after an hour or two and do it again and right. you do that the whole the whole weekend long for six or seven games uh it is it is something that is very it's such a unique sport i would say that way you know yeah and i do notice that people I mean, just kind of from my experiences, people kind of getting into rugby, sevens is kind of what does it for them. Sevens is it's very exciting, as you were talking about. It's it's just so much action. Like you blink and you miss, you know, you miss a big try or and, and I've kind of that's why I'm I'm excited about this rebroadcast and hopefully this gets out to some more people that are, are, are interested in rugby and this is kind of what helps them catch the bug. Yeah, and one thing I will add also is 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 it's so, so the reason why a sevens tournament is so exciting is that they're not just two teams playing against each other. Generally, it's sixteen teams competing, and I think that is lends itself to to more intrigue as well because you've got different styles of play from different players. Mm-hmm. And when you watch a sevens World Series event of different countries represented, um, Kenya play a vastly different game than Fiji uh, or the United States or New Zealand, and that's that's really intriguing and enticing as well. I mean, the cool thing about sevens too, particularly about the people watching, is that there's so many teams 
is playing. Yes, you can have your favorite team or your country playing, but you can support a bunch of sides. And that's yeah. kind of cool too, because it gives you more incentive to to watch all these 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 mini games, if you will. Uh, um, I took my, my father-in-law for the first time to watch a Sevens World Series with the San Diego Sevens. Mm-hmm. And when he was watching, he just couldn't believe it. You know, it was absolutely crazy. And, um, and uh, you know, because all these different teams were running on the field and going absolutely mental against each other. And 14 minutes, and then he would catch his breath. And then the next game was starting already. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, about I don't think people understand either. Is like it's literally as fast as you just said. The guys peel themselves off the grass after the, after their, the game, you know, after the match. They're dead tired. They walk into the tunnel, and the next two teams run out, and they just keep it going. So it, you, you don't have much time to, to rest. No, 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 you really don't. Even you know? as a viewer. It, yes, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. As a viewer as well, you know, as a commentator also, yeah. you, uh, you've got to catch your breath in between because it's, uh, it's, it's energy sapping, but it's brilliant. Yeah, cool. So I know you also mentioned it on at the kind of the top of the show a little bit, but last time uh, we had you on the show, you, you talked a little bit about um, your experience with in the game of sevens rugby. But can you can you just kind of give the people a refresher um, as to as to your background in sevens rugby and, and your career? Yes, absolutely. So um, I grew up in, in Cape Town, South Africa, and I ended up coming to the U.S. Uh, for what was meant to be a six-month holiday. And mm-hmm. in the end, I ended up staying and and uh, and met uh, my beautiful wife-to-be, and we got married. And that made me eligible, I didn't know at that time, to, for representing the United States in rugby because I hadn't played for South Africa, my home country. Right. And so I got a chance to play, yeah, on the Sevens World Series from 2007 to 2009. And it was in the era where the Sevens World Series was had eight stops around the globe but the u.s was only invited to three tournaments so we played in um in new zealand at the wellington sevens and we played in uh, uh, san diego uh, at the petco park and then we played at the hong kong sevens um and we did we did really well that first season we had some brilliant players um like uh takudzwa naguenya um, who famously rounded brian banner at the rugby world cup uh-huh. in 2007 <laughs> we had uh, todd clever uh and his 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 locks of hair. Yeah. We had Chris Wiles, uh, who'd go on to do brilliant things in the English Premiership, um, and a bunch of other excellent players as well. And so then we got invited to six tournaments in 2008, and then to full uh, core uh, eight tournaments in 2009. And so that was a, a remarkable period, uh, you know, for for acceleration, I suppose. And Al Caravelli was our coach, and he was largely responsible for you know professionalizing the sevens uh, program and getting the US on the map in in terms of seven aside. And and during that era, we had a couple. Of uh, really good tournaments and some really good games against sides. We were able to beat uh, uh, everybody on the series except for New Zealand and South Africa during that time. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was it was it was fun, right? Because you got the chance to travel the world. Got to, got to be on a, a solid team. I think the difference between sevens and fifteens for me is that the group's a lot smaller, right? But mm-hmm. the, 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 you, you can be a close-knit group as well. So the camaraderie and friendship that you share with the players that you travel around the world with is, is pretty special. And to this day, uh, they remain some of my best friends, you know? And yeah. then, um, after, yeah, after I retired from from playing on the Sevens uh, World Series, I was fortunate enough to get into broadcasting and Rugby Town USA actually was the first folks to give me, give me an opportunity back in 2012. And then in 2015, I got a chance to commentate on the Sevens World Series and be doing that for the last five years. So I've been uh, to single Singapore and do the Vancouver and USA Sevens, uh, and then I got a chance to go to Dubai last year and to Cape Town, my home where I'm from, and I got a chance to commentate that tournament for, with fifty thousand fans and oh, attendance. Man, uh, which that just, was awesome. Uh, oh, it was a- absolutely amazing, and I also got a chance to do the Sevens World Cup in San Francisco in 2018. So the broadcasting side of it has really been special and wonderful. And so I've kind of been, I've always been a fan of the Sevens game, and I think it's so exciting and and it's a wonderful advert for the sport. And so to be involved now as a broadcaster for me is 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 an ultimate. A dream 
That's awesome story, Dal. And, then, and for the people that – I just wanted you to explain that again for people that don't know. You know sevens inside and out. That's <laughs> long story short. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, so absolutely passionate about it. And, and you know, following the Sevens World Series, the preparation is, is immense because you're preparing for 16 countries to play in the men's series and 12 countries in the women's series. And we get to commentate both during the weekend because they often play at combined tournaments. So you really get a chance to, you know, familiarize yourself with the best players around the world. Um, you get to chat to the best coaches around the world because we all stay in the same hotel yeah. uh, inter interestingly enough and you get to have breakfast lunch and dinner next to all these players and coaches so uh, to get to pick their brains and what's the latest trends what's happening in the game is pretty special and that's why you know being involved with rugby town sevens is so cool because you get to see a lot of those players that are on the series playing for their different club sides uh, when right. it comes to uh, a tournament like this that is awesome i didn't know that so i learned something too here we go every day Awesome, Dallin. So uh, what are some of the things to watch for in this rebroadcast? I know you've kind of been going back through some of these matches you were saying. Um, so is there some? Is there a couple matches that stick out to you from last year, some players uh, from last year's tournament? Yeah, so the you know the, this is the thing about uh, seven aside is that some of the pools, so there are four pools with five teams in each, and some of them are heavily stacked and one can never predict that because you don't know how good a team will be from year one to year two. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, they, they, they get drawn out of a hat basically. And so the, 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 the tricky one is that, you know, in, in this tournament, the 2019 tournament, some teams should technically have made the top eight, the quarterfinals, but because only two can can advance from each pool, they miss out. So, you know, you, you really have to feel for, for sides like uh, Life West, mm -hmm. uh, the All-Americans, um, you know, Loma Viti, uh, you know, th those sides that, that could have progressed further but just fell away. I'm very impressed, though, I will say, obviously, with the Rambling Jesters, with NOLA. They were excellent, the Major Gravy side. Oh, yeah. Tiger Rugby are, are brilliant, as always. But my favorite team to watch... Uh, called Marlboro Compete. Oh, yeah. Um, just, yeah, such a balanced side uh, with with three current HSBC World Rugby 7 Series players. So they're certainly a side to watch. If you want to uh, 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 stick to a few um, uh, actual games, yeah. the quarterfinals featuring Marlboro Compete and Army U.S. Army is an absolute cliffhanger. And then the semifinals featuring Marlboro Compete and Tiger Rugby, it goes into extra time. Uh, it almost lose my voice in that gang. <laughs> uh, it is it, it, un unbelievable, absolutely brilliant. And, of course, the nicknames and the, the, the players that have flair, there, there are so many. I, I can't even mention them on this on this uh, podcast. Right. But I, I will say, you know, you can just tune in and watch any pool game and you'll see a couple of these players stand out from, from any side. We, get, we, we have to choose a dream team after every tournament. Uh, I also like to choose a nickname dream team, and uh, and 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 again, there are enough players to fill three or four dream teams, and that's right. how good the, the the talent is, and and also how tough it is to choose uh, your favorites, you know. Yeah, well, perfect, Down. Thank you. That's the blueprint for uh, for this for this broadcast. So I hope people tune in and check it out. So, last question, Down. Just wanted to give you a chance to uh, let people know where they can find you, where they can download the Rugby Hive, um, all that stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, so on on Facebook and uh, and Twitter at, at uh, Rugby Hive, and then on Instagram at My Rugby Hive, mm -hmm. and then of course they can just go to my my landing page as well if they want. It. The site is called Anchor, A N C H O R, and on there just search for the Rugby Hive. We're available on Spotify and. Uh, and uh, Apple Podcasts and a ton of different players. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, folks enjoy it and share it around the world and uh, send send some suggestions as well, any legends from the past or present that you guys would like to hear from. All right. I'm going to have to rack my brain. I might submit a, submit a person if I can think of one. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for everything you do. Thanks for featuring us. Very excited about the uh, Rugby Town 7s rebroadcast coming up soon. I am too. Thanks so much for your time, Dal. Awesome. Cheers, my friend. 
All right, I hope you all enjoyed that interview with World Rugby commentator and the voice of Rugby Town USA, Dallin Stanford. Thank you again to Dallin for taking the time out of his day to come talk to us. That was very informative. And trust me, if you're going to watch the rebroadcast, it will all come in handy because um, that's some. it's going to be cool. I'm excited to watch it, and I'm hoping that wears away. We can all watch it together. So stay tuned with that. Now get into the required reading portion of the show where I assign you some homework for next week. Um, and this week the article is entitled, I'm very excited, USA Eagles boss Gary Gold's blueprint for rugby to take flight in America. Um, this, are, this is an article that's been written a few times, just really since MLR has been formed. But I always enjoy, and I think it's interesting when, when somebody catches up with Gary Gold periodically and talks a little bit about what MLR is doing for the national team. So I always think it's interesting. Um, and this is the most recent one that I've seen. Uh, so yeah, Gary Gold just touches on how MLR is changing the way that players, you know, make their way through the system. And it's kind of lessening the importance to go play overseas. But I mean, you'll, you'll see when you get in there, the ability to play overseas is still very beneficial. It's just not the only way to do it now, which is awesome. As you can, we're literally watching like things change in front of our eyes. I always think that's pretty cool. And I promise this time I'll link the article in the article that houses the podcast. I have not done that yet, but I'm doing it this time. Mark my words. If not, I will uh, settle up with you guys somehow. So that's the required reading portion. And that is on Rugby Pass. I'm not sure I mentioned that, but that's on RugbyPass.com. And then finally, we'll jump into the loop, which is what we'll touch, you know, on what we've been working on here at DNVR Rugby, what's kind of in the works, what to look out for. So Raptor Tracker has been updated with every signing thus far. So until Nick Boyer announced on this show that he was going to play for the Los Angeles Giltinis, Ryan James was the most recent signing, um, and he's going to play for the Dallas Jackals next season. So I updated with that with that information, I believe, on Tuesday. Yeah, that was on Tuesday. I did that on Tuesday. So make sure you go check all that out. Um, it's really the only place I've seen thus far where people are kind of keeping track of where these Raptors are going. So um, if you're interested, that's a place to go. Or if you didn't get it based on the show, we're jumping into some more Rugby Town 7's heavy stuff for the next month. So that's kind of what I'll base the interviews around coming up. Um, we've got a few things in the work over the next two weeks, so I'm excited for you all to hear that. Um, so keep it locked here. I don't want to confirm anything just in case it falls through, but that'll be interesting stuff, and it'll just be good, you know, for everyone to get familiar with what Rugby Town Sevens is and hopefully get you guys interested enough to, to come check it out and come watch it when the rebroadcast happens here in a couple weeks. So, um, yeah, and then I'm working on, you know, like I said, some longer-form stuff centered around Rugby Town Sevens as well. So just make sure you keep it locked here at DNVR Rugby. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Follow my personal at Colton Strickler, uh, bringing you all the, the rugby information you need to know here. And we're having a good time doing it. So thank you all for listening. That's my show this week. I hope you had a great week. hope you have a great weekend. And I'll catch you all back here next week. Yeah.